today on Let the Bible Speak. Did you know the Bible teaches that the dead communicate with us from the grave? Next on Let the Bible Speak, we'll hear from three voices from the other side. And greetings. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. It's good to be with you on this Lord's Day, and I'm glad you've taken a few moments to look into the Word of God. The subject of death is one of great interest to most people. Since we will all one day die, and since death is draped in such mystery, we spend a lot of our lives wondering about it. What awaits on the other side of death? If we can communicate with the people who currently reside in the city of the dead, what would they tell us? The Bible records at least three conversations that took place involving people who had already died. Voices from the grave. One of them is recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 28. It was the end of King Saul's doomed reign as Israel's first monarch. God had long before rejected Saul and was no longer speaking to him. But Saul was in a bind and desperate for direction as he faced the Philistines. So he resorted to a witch or a medium in Endor. He disguised himself. He went to see her, and he and her got much more than they bargained for. Let's read the story beginning in verse 11. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Well, this chilling scene is quite unusual, and I can assure you Saul did not receive the answer he was looking for. I want to talk with you today about three messages that are coming to us from the grave. Our lesson today, Voices from the Grave, and I'll return with our study after our song for the congregation.
land of the living is filled with death. All through our lives, we're surrounded by death. We pass funeral homes and cemeteries nearly every day. Every family is touched by death every so often. And most of us spend a portion of our lives thinking about, wondering about, hopefully preparing for, but in the process trying to avoid death. As common as death is, it's also one of the most mysterious phenomena in all the world. We who believe the Bible understand, it, understand more about it than anyone else, but even the Bible tells us relatively so little about what occurs in and after death that it's still, to us, a mysterious thing. Now, beyond our morbid curiosities like what does it feel like to die and so forth, several spiritual and philosophical questions usually surround death. Most people ask, where are the dead? Where do we go when we die? Are we asleep? Does our spirit go to an intermediate place to await the resurrection of the body and the judgment at the end of time? Or do we immediately go to eternal heaven or hell? Some imagine that human spirits come back and haunt houses, buildings, or graveyards. Though the Bible never gives any such indication. But we're curious about where the spirits of the dead go. And then another common question is, are the dead conscious of us and aware of what is going on in the world or even involved in the events of the world behind the scenes? Now, while I personally believe that the Bible teaches the dead are conscious and that they have memory of things in the world, I don't believe it necessarily teaches that they are aware of what is taking place now. But those are all questions we can think about some other time. The question that I'm interested in today is... What would the dead say if they could speak to us? If we could communicate with spirits on the other side, what kind of message would they have for us? Now, while it is not possible to communicate with the dead, contrary to what some say and try to do, in the Bible we do have some messages from the dead to the living. And they are important and urgent messages they come from the righteous and from the unrighteous dead, but all of them are relevant and urgent for you and me today. Now, the first voice from the dead that I want us to hear is that of the great prophet Samuel. Now, in life, Samuel was one of the grandest men to ever live. He was certainly one of the most influential prophets of the Old Testament and was not only a prophet and a priest, but he was a close counselor to King Saul. Samuel anointed the first succession of kings over the nation of Israel, Saul and later David. His confidence in Saul was misplaced, though, and he came to regret his involvement with this stubborn and rebellious man. All started well, but the relationship quickly soured when Saul presumptuously assumed things that he had no right to assume. For example, in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and then in chapter 15, we read of two events that were representative of Saul's arrogant and self-centered attitude. In chapter 13, he took it upon himself to offer a sacrifice he had no right to offer, and he got in trouble for that. And then in chapter 15, he refused to obey Samuel's inspired instruction to destroy the wicked Amalekites. Well, such behavior caused God to reject Saul as king and to reveal plans to take the throne away from Saul and give it to David, whom Saul hated. Well, this marked the end of Saul and Samuel's relationship. With a broken but indignant heart, Samuel announced God's judgment upon Saul and in a dramatic scene recorded in the last portion of 1 Samuel chapter 15, he turned and he walked away, never again to go see his former friend Saul. Well, as time went on, Saul's life became an even more pitiful spectacle. So by the time we reach 1 Samuel chapter 28, 
Saul is faced once again with the formidable foe of Israel, the Philistines. He needs direction. He needs counsel. He needs advice. But God has long since ceased talking to Saul. He, he moved out a long time ago. Samuel is dead, besides the fact Samuel had abandoned Saul a long time before. So God had no, uh, God had no communication with Saul's administration. So with no word from God, with no prophet Samuel with whom to consult, he resorts to the witch of Endor, a medium who claimed to be able to call people up from the dead. He is determined to get in touch with Samuel. Now, she didn't really have that power, and neither does anybody else, regardless of what they may claim. But nonetheless, people thought that she could, just like some people put confidence in folks like that today. People thought that she could communicate with the dead, and so they would go and they would see her when they wanted to communicate with someone from the other side. And she would put on this fake seance. Now, ironically, Saul had outlawed such activities in the kingdom, but now he himself in desperation is resorting to this satanic and pagan practice. So late one night, he puts on a disguise, and he sneaks down to this witch's cave in Endor. The woman was a little suspicious to start with, and she thought that this tall visitor perhaps was an informant who would report her illegal activity to the king. But Saul assured her that no harm would come to her. And so she asked, well, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring Samuel up for me. Just reading that sends a chill up my spine. Now, these supposed soothsayers would usually put on a convincing show. The setting, such as a cave, would be dark and mysterious and spooky. And these hucksters would often use ventriloquism and make it appear that sounds were coming up out of a hole or a crack in the earth. I suppose she was going to do something along that line. And so she begins her supposed divinations. But all of a sudden, God took over. And the Bible says when the woman saw Samuel, she shrieked. She hit the deck. Now, commentators and scholars debate what really happened here. Some maintain that the witch only thought it was Samuel. Others think she actually possessed satanic power. I think this was a miracle of God, however. I believe that God made an exception in this case and really did cause Samuel in some form to appear from beyond the grave. Now, exceptions don't make rules. They're just that. They're exceptions. And God had a special purpose, and he had his own reasons relating to Saul for causing this to happen. Well, when she screamed, Saul said, what did you see? And the old witch, scared out of her wits, said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is his form? What does he look like? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul knew it must be Samuel. And Samuel perturbed, said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul explained that he was distressed because the Philistines were again making war with him. And since God was no longer speaking to him, he needed Samuel to tell him what to do. But instead of the help he was looking for, Saul instead got a dreadful warning. Samuel reminded him that God's judgment was upon him for his sins. Nothing had changed since the day Samuel had walked away from Saul all those years before in 1 Samuel 15. God's judgment was upon him and that he would lose the battle the next day. But worst of all, so far as Saul was concerned, Samuel said, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. In other words, the death knell began to toll for Saul. And the Bible says that Saul fell out flat on the ground, and he was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel.
Now these were chilling words from the dead prophet, but they're also in a sense a message to the living today. Thou and thy son shall be with me. Samuel's body was in the grave, and his spirit in the unseen realm of the dead, and his warning simply meant that Saul was going to die. Now we all need to be reminded of the certainty of death, as the Hebrew writer calls our attention to the fact in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, saying, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, And as Joshua told the people when he gathered them together before his death in Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14 saying, Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. Death is universal. We all need to be reminded of that. But especially they who are living like Saul lived, in rebellion to God, in stubbornness, disobedient to God. Many who are unprepared for death refuse to think about it. They just push it out of their mind. They refuse to face the possibility of what comes after death. If they think about it at all, they put it way off into the future, or they deceive themselves into believing that when death occurs, it will all work out. It will all be all right. But after death comes the judgment, said the writer of Hebrews. And Samuel told Saul, tomorrow you will be with me. Friend, have you ever stopped to think about the fact that at best, everyone is near to death? doesn't matter what age you are, what your health is like, what the circumstances of your life today may be. If you live a week, if you live a year, if you live 50 years from now, it still will seemingly be only a tomorrow or a short time until we die. Life is so brief. It is so fleeting. It is so fragile and so uncertain. For Saul the next day brought him no tomorrow, literally. And for tens and even hundreds of thousands of people around the globe today, there will be no tomorrow. Cancer, heart attacks, stroke, aneurysms, blood clots that you don't even know are there, car accidents, natural disasters, freak accidents, and on and on we could go, are all there lurking in the icy cold shadows, waiting to reach out and claim as many as 150,000 victims per day. And one of these days, you'll be one of those statistics. Samuel's immediate warning to Saul should serve as a warning to all sinners today that death is coming. A reckoning day is approaching. The voice of Samuel from the grave warns of the certainty of death. And then there's another voice that speaks from the great beyond, and it affirms that there is existence after death. Not only is there a continued existence, but there is a conscious and aware existence after death. In the 16th chapter of Luke, Jesus lifted back the veil that separated time and eternity, and he showed us two men who once lived but had both died. One was a poor beggar that laid outside the gate of a rich man's palatial estate begging for crumbs to eat, and he finally died a pitiful pauper's death. And Jesus said in verse 22, that angels came and bore his spirit off to the peace and rest of Abraham's bosom in paradise. But then it so tersely says, the rich man also died and was buried. And then listen to verse 23. And being in torments in Hades, which refers to the unseen realm of the dead, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now he was very much aware of what had happened and where he was. He had memory of his life on earth, 
And seeing Abraham, he begged for mercy and relief and that Lazarus might be sent to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue because he was being tormented by the flames. But it was not to be. You can read the story in the last portion of Luke chapter 16. And then he remembered he had five brothers he left behind on earth. And he begged for Abraham to send Lazarus back from the grave to warn them to repent and not come to where he was. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they won't listen though one rose from the dead. Here is a man who was awake, he was aware, he could feel, he could suffer, he could worry, he could dread, he could converse, but he could not leave. And he could not overturn the judgment that he was now facing because of the life that he lived on earth. And friend, get out of your mind the idea of a purgatory because there is no such place. Purgatory is a concoction of the minds of men from the dark ages in order to get money out of the illiterate. The Bible does not teach the doctrine of purgatory. This man was in a conscious place of suffering and punishment as a result of the life that he lived in relation to God and in relation to his lack of faith in God. Now, friend, this conversation was recited by Christ to warn the Pharisees who loved money, the Bible says, and who refused to believe in Jesus. But it's recorded in Scripture to warn us as well that there is an existence after death. Death ends nothing except for our time on this earth. There was a time when you did not exist, but there will never come a day when you will not be someplace in a conscious state. Stop and think about that. Many, if not most, believe that the story of Lazarus and the rich man describes an intermediate state of the dead between death and the resurrection at the last day. But the Bible also teaches that at the last day, when Jesus returns and the dead are raised, and we each one stand before him to receive our eternal sentence, Jesus said, These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. And the words everlasting and eternal in that verse are the same word in the original text. When we leave the physical realm of time and space, there is a metaphysical realm of eternity which, as the word itself suggests, will have no end. And I know there are those who allege that what is recorded in Luke 16 was merely a parable of Jesus. The Bible never calls it a parable. But even if it was a parable, Jesus' parables didn't consist of fairy tales and things that are simply made up out of thin air. They were based in some sort of fact and common experience that the people understood in order to relate other, deeper, more mysterious spiritual truths. It doesn't take away the truth of what Jesus said when he told of these events. Friend, the rich man is speaking from the grave, and he tells us there is existence beyond death. And there are people every day, I believe, just like the rich man, who die and are buried, and they lift up their eyes in that place. And that's a very, very sad fate. It's a sad place to be. And while you yet live, you need to listen to the voice of the rich man. And you need to understand that death does not end anything except for your time upon this earth. There is existence beyond this earthly life. And then there's one more voice coming from the city of the dead, the voice of Abel. And he tells us about preparing for death. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, the Bible says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Now Abel, of course, was of the second generation of humankind, and he and his brother Cain set precedence for all people of all time that there are two ways to approach God. There are two ways to worship God. There are two ways to believe. There are two ways to live. And one God will accept, the other he will not. God established in the beginning the requirement of blood sacrifice to atone for sin. Now this must have been revealed to them because the record says that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, and that didn't happen by accident. He didn't stumble upon it. The Bible says he did so by faith. Now since faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10 verse 17, then it must be inferred that God had revealed to Abel what kind of sacrifice he was to bring to the altar. To do something by faith means to believe and act according to what God has said. So in other words, Abel obeyed God and Cain did not. He brought a vegetable offering instead, which God rejected because his offering wasn't by faith. He didn't live by faith. He didn't worship by faith. Now you likely know the story that Cain was angry when God rejected his offering and he rose up and he killed his brother Abel. Well, the Bible says that he being dead still speaks. Abel being dead still speaks. You see, these two brothers provide a great contrast that is still seen in the human race today. The way of Abel is the way of faith and obedience to God's commands, and the way of Cain, as it is called in Scripture, represents the way of human opinion, human effort, substitution, disobedience. Cain represents those who refuse to humble themselves and submit to God. And Cain represents those who approach God, or Abel, I should say, represents those who approach God through the way God is appointed, through faith in Christ and obedience to His will. The message of righteous Abel is the witness of obedient faith. The Bible shows us that a yielding, submitting, trusting, and obedient faith is reckoned for righteousness in the eyes of God. If somehow one could come back from the grave today and speak to us or speak to the world at large, we would be very interested in what they have to say. But all of us should be willing to listen to these voices who did and do speak from the dead in God's Word because they're speaking the eternal truth in all candor and honesty and in great concern for your eternal soul and for mine. Hear the voice of Samuel concerning the certainty of death. Believe the voice of the rich man and know that there is life and conscious existence after death and there is torment for those who don't put their obedient faith in Jesus and are unprepared. And then heed the voice of Abel and prepare for death by believing, trusting, and obeying the word of God. Place your faith in the Christ and be obedient to the gospel message, repenting of your sins, confessing his name, and being united with him in baptism so that your sins can be washed away. And I pray you'll consider doing that today.
Connect with us on social media. Go to Facebook.com and search for Let the Bible Speak TV. Like sands through an hourglass, the moments of our life are slipping away, never to be reclaimed, and death is approaching. Are you prepared for that appointment that none of us can evade? For after that appointment with death comes another appointment, and that is when we stand before Jesus Christ in judgment. If we can help you prepare by obeying the gospel, introducing you to Jesus Christ and New Testament Christianity, we would be glad to sit down and study the Bible with you and assist you in baptism in obedience to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. If you'd like a copy of today's lesson, we hope that you'll contact us and ask for it. Again, it's free of any cost, and it is a printed copy. Just ask for the lesson, Voices from the Grave, and we will send it to you as quickly as we can. Thank you so much for joining me on the program today. I hope you'll connect with us online, our website, ltbstv.org. Remember our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, they continue to grow, and we hope that you will like those pages and that you will share them with your friends and encourage others to follow as well and help us to spread the Word of God. I hope you have a great week ahead and that you'll make your plans to join me back here next time for another Bible study, if the Lord wills. Until then, have a wonderful week, and may God's richest blessings be upon you. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by The Church of Christ. For more information, including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org. Thanks for being with us today. Join us next time for Let the Bible Speak.